Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee and let's awaken our hearts together. Well, hi, Rhonda. Hi, Laura. You ready for another interview today? Oh, I am. I'm loving these interviews. So great. I mean, I do love that you and I talk together and we can talk (laughs) on and and we do talk on and on, but to have other people in the mix is exciting. I feel like it's more like a conversation, though, than an interview. It is. It yeah, is. yeah. So we yeah. have with us today Ingrid Heeg. She's one of the pastors uh, here at Life Center Yay. and also one of our absolute besties and just love her. She's got tons and tons of wisdom to share uh, just in life in general and in friendship and as a pastor and as a woman of God. And so we're so thrilled to have her on the podcast today. Welcome, Yay. Ingrid. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. As Lori said, uh, my name is Ingrid, and I am a the kids pastor here at Life Center. And I'm married. I've got six kids, one adopted and five biological, um, from the ages of seven, almost eight, up to 24. And so I'm definitely a busy family, but we have a lot of fun. And I'm married to Pastor Jeff at Life Center as well. And uh, yeah, so it's just exciting to be here and be able to share my story with you guys and I'm really looking forward to it. I love that. I can't believe that your youngest is almost eight now. You're almost completely out of the like young, right? (laughs) Like what grade? What grade is the youngest in? He's in grade two. Grade two. Like a couple more years he's going to be in youth and then that's it. They're all like, isn't that crazy? I was saying that to, um, you're in a new stage. I totally, I was saying that to Grace yesterday, my oldest, and I was saying how it's really weird because we kind of were in this sort of steady, steady growth phase for a while where nothing, like things didn't really change that much. We kind of knew. And then Grace just moved out this year. And I just said, like, for the next little while, every year, every couple years, we're going to have a big change, a kid moving out or a kid entering high school. And those are sort of the big transition phases. And so I said, like, that sort of steady steady time is kind of now we're into lots of change and it's it's exciting it's so yeah. true like graduating mm-hmm. high school is a big one like yeah. one a child graduating high school like having to make the future decisions I know we're I'm kind of in the middle of that in my in my kids too but it's big or like driver's license like how do you find that yeah that's crazy it too, is eh? it's fun it's fun it's yeah. actually really nice Tristan <laughs> goes oh. off to the store for me all the time or picks really? up Jeff from work or yeah I love it I <gasps> can't wait I can't wait I'm counting down on oh that's amazing oh, man. that's so, amazing oh man I know my oldest just started a full-time co-op job. So every day is like a nine to five job across the whole city. Like, you know, without traffic, a 35 minute drive across the city. And um, so now he's like, could I have the car for work? Because otherwise it's about a four hour commute. It's about, it's it's almost two hours both ways on the bus. So so now we're like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> but you know, then you're down to one car and it's, it, I mean, it's, there's so much to navigate and challenges of, you know, yeah. these adult 
you know, coming into adult children, but it is fun. Totally. That is fun. Oh, so good. Well, Ingrid, I would love if uh, you would start just by maybe sharing a little bit about your story. Like what was life like for you growing up and, you know, how did you come to Christ and, you know, what, what a kind of, what does that, what kind of that look like for you? Uh, so I grew up in a home where um, one of my parents uh, served God and one probably was like at the time wasn't uh, declaring that they were serving God. I think they had, um, when I was first little, they had a relationship with God and then just things happened and they kind of shelved it or closed the door on that for a while. So I would say most of my growing up years, uh, I would say one of my parents was actively serving God and one was sort of just trying to figure out where they were. And so that was interesting. I think, uh, it was helpful in some ways. It gave me a lot of perspective on journeys with God, you know, how some people can have very dramatic journeys and other people are kind of steady growers, uh, which I love because it helps me as a pastor now and as a parent. Uh, but also, uh, in that my family was healthy, like for the most part, obviously we all have our brokenness and definitely within my own family, we saw, you know, the ups and downs of my parents past and things like that, but it was a good a good upbringing. My parents were loving. I have two brothers. They're twins um, who are a couple years younger than me. And uh, I grew up in a small town and a small town uh, school. Um, and I was in a very small church of most of the time around, I think, 60, 40 to 60 people. Oh, wow. So that in itself, too, as a as a as a kid, it's fine, like lots of community. But I think as an adult, it was a bit more tricky or sort of not an adult as a youth. It's a bit more tricky to navigate because I was the only one my age sort of navigating Christianity. There was a couple of people a little older and then my brother's younger and all their friends. But uh, I think that was probably the trickiest time. And right at that time, my mom uh got chronically ill and had just finished actually starting her career. So it was a time when I became sort of forced into a lot of independence. And I'm a pretty independent person anyways. I was always wanting to do things myself and pretty driven. But I think it kind of leaned into that space a lot and created in me sort of a uh, like this is who I need to be and right. this is how I have to function. Uh, because my, pa- my my family needed me a lot. My my dad went through a lot of ups and downs with his career, just the type of job he was in. Uh, sometimes it demanded more or he had to travel far or sometimes he was off work. Uh, just, just different things that were stressors. And in that time, actually, some really shaping things for me in my walk with God was um, seeing how God provided in my youth. When my mom was ill, she couldn't work. And my dad actually ended up losing his job a few times in that time because of the fact that his industry really shrank. He was in a very good industry, but a lot of it went down into the States. And so there were times where we'd have like no groceries, you know, and God would just, they would show up on our doorstep or somebody Mm. would give us money that, you know, we, we didn't know who it would just come. And so I think at the time as the oldest, I carried that as a stressor, but looking back, I'm actually incredibly thankful for that season because God has constantly one helped me have then empathy for those who have less or who are navigating hard times. And two, uh, it just helps me see that no matter what you're going through, God will provide. And so I've had God in my life and actually accepted Christ as a very young child, probably three. I I had a very 
strong awareness of God. And I asked my mom, my mom didn't come to me. I asked her and I said, like, I want this in my life. How do I, how do I have this in my life? Wow. And so, um, through most of my childhood, that was a very strong thing. And then in my youth, like I, I never wanted to turn away from God, but I wrestled with feeling alone, I think in it and people pleasing and just wanting to be, um, accepted. Uh, I didn't want to be weird or unusual. So the people I spent time with weren't Christians and were living a very different life. And so I kind of sort of stuck my toe in and, and kind of didn't want to like completely leave the world behind. Um, and so that definitely left me wrestling until into my young adult years. Uh, when I, my mom and I had a, a bit of a tumultuous relationship in my youth. Um, and as I, as I was finishing my youth, I actually ended up kind of going into a depression and, and, uh, as a very driven person, I, I actually lost my ability to even be able to go to university because I nearly failed out of my last year of high school. Uh, and for somebody getting like eighties and stuff, um, I just, I just kind of bottomed out and then moved out. Um, which, uh, at 18, you know, I just kind of did and made my way and uh, really? made lots of poor decisions. Well, that's <laughs> 18 yeah. years old. So you, so you went through a really hard time towards the end of high school yeah. and barely gra- like graduated, but barely, barely graduated. <laughs> and then you just decided to leave home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, I, I needed to, I needed to get away from wow. high school. I needed to get away from the people. I just, I just was so done with, you know, I need to get away from how my mom and I were. She wasn't a bad mom. She no, was a no, great no. mom, but no. like the stressors, yeah. I think I just hit a breaking point. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it was just so like God was in there the whole time. Yeah. It's just, I didn't know how to lean into him and lean into my own strength at the same time. And so, yeah, and, yeah. and please everybody. Yeah. I just kidding. Yeah. yeah so totally. it was a breaking So where did you go? Point. I moved in with my aunt. She was not there a lot. Uh, my aunt who she's only eight years older than me. So I moved in with her and her new husband at the time. And I just kind of lived my life. Was that in a different place, a different city? Did you have to leave? I moved to Waterloo. I moved about half, 45 minutes away. Okay. And I got a job at a coffee shop and I just started working there and living my life. And it's so funny. You do it without really that time. Kind of go. Do I didn't have a plan. I didn't have anything. Just went with it. Yeah. I mean, I had lots of plans until I hit that breaking point. I had, I had my life planned to to the end of my life I think wow. uh, and I was very driven and then I hit that breaking point I think I just I, I lost my way Wow! and so I actually in that time kind of I look back and I was like who was I like the decisions I was making the choices I was making the things I was doing definitely were not pleasing to God definitely were not the trajectory I had thought I would be on and so thank God like after some significant moments along the way uh, where God absolutely intervened and, and actually I'd asked him to intervene, you know, as much as I was on this weird path of making terrible choices, I knew most of them were probably bad choices. And I, I just felt like God really intervened. He just, he just allowed some things to happen in my life that helped me be able to reorient, but they were hard, you know, you know, it just, it just really sideline me in some ways but in other ways and I even think that bottoming out was God's grace because my plan I I was very driven I would have seen it through but I actually don't think that I would have necessarily brought God along Mm -hmm. with me right 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 yeah 
Wow. So he literally brought you to a place where you had to put your reliance and dependence on him. Yeah. Like in every area, like it was first the schooling and the trajectory of my career. Right. You know, uh, because I nearly failed out of high school, I couldn't go to university. Uh, Financially, my Mm -hmm. parents' jobs, the Mm -hmm. way it went. And then I spent all my money. So financially, I had nothing. And then even relationally, I left all my friends behind. I wanted right. nothing to do with them. So I literally just picked up and left them. Wow. And, um, and, and unfortunately, um, I had a couple of relationships with guys that like, I just, they said to me, you can't treat me this way. <laughs> You're breaking my heart. And I was like, I suck God. What is wrong with me? And like, I just, you know, looking back, I'm like, who was I? Yeah. But, you yeah. know, I, I think that at that moment, I think it was a real turning point when yeah. I finally saw yeah. the ugliness of who I was. Not that I was like, no, no, no. Nobody would have known. Capable of, right? Nobody would have known. I think, but the ugliness of the selfishness in me, you know, in in trying to rely on myself mm-hmm. and make all the decisions myself. Wow. It was very self-serving, wow. and I didn't know how to make the right decisions. And I finally, the guy was like, the guy was like, I can't, I can't live like this. You know, like, I can't do this. You're, you're in or you're out. And I was like, I'm out. And then I sat in my car and it was a Valentine's day. I sat in my car. I was like, God, like, what is wrong with me? Wow. I, I, I have to like change. I have to change. And it was in that moment that I think I really saw that I just needed to let go of that person and allow God control. And I said, well, God, and like, until you smack me over the head with the right guy and whatever, I'm, I'm done. Like I have to depend on you. Yeah. Wow. So So what happened there? So you, so you kind of have a turn, you have a kind of a turn of heart and then where does, where does it go from there? Well, at that point I had already moved to Waterloo. So Mm -hmm. amazingly enough, I actually chose to go to church. I'm not really sure what drove me to do that because I wasn't like, you know, super, I, I was loving God, but not, you know, I'm going to do all the disciplines. So, and in that I had met Jeff and I was a friend say, of I mine feel like the romantic, Jen. the romantic tennis <laughs> yes. starting here. Was to go. So I met Jeff and a friend of mine named Jenna. I'd never had any close friends that were Christians. This okay. is my first close friends that were Christians and they okay. were both very strong followers of Christ. And that was a big turning point too, for me is wow. having Jeff, who is now my husband and Jen and Jeff was just the most lovely person. He would come and wait for me and drive me home from work because I had about a half hour walk from work and I'd go home at 11 at night. So he'd he'd come and wait for me and drive me home and he'd bring me to church and I didn't have a car. Like he just, we'd chat for hours. So I was like, oh, this guy. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm with this other guy. And <laughs> this is when like the guy's like, you're in or you're out. And I'm totally interested in Jeff. Thank God he didn't actually pounce on any of my hints because I was, I was like, you know, totally in a terrible spot. Um, and then, you know, so we're chatting, we're spending time together. And I think as you know, God's obviously working underneath Jeff just stayed friends with me for ages, much to my dismay at that time. <laughs> so you kind of <laughs> liked him and had, I liked had an him. Attraction I was to him. interested in him, but I think knowing him and knowing my friend Jen really helped me then establish what it looked like to like really lean into God at this age and at this point in my life. So um, yeah, so then I just, I just kind of went all in then I went, uh, on missions trips and I went to a discipleship training school with YWAM and that, that helped me kind of process the, my past and some of the things that I'd navigated with my family or whatever, uh, and really lean into getting to know God on a deeper level. 
And uh, from there, it's kind of sort of just really uh, one of the things I really learned about then is that dependency on God for the decisions. And that at that point, my plan then was God, whatever your plan is. And that, I think, really changed the dynamic of my relationship with God and my relationship with myself, too, you know. And uh, so ever since then, I've been trying to learn this dependency on God. And it's really a much more beautiful way to live. And so in that dependency on God, you know, four years later, Jeff and I finally get together. Um, and I've been on missions trips. And, you know, I swore I'd never marry a pastor. I swore I'd never do all these things. And in that time, I did them so you know, I just, I just see that God really, really did take control and, and led me so well. And yeah, it's beautiful. Wow. The best. Even though all those bumps along the way in those young adult years, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made it through. But (laughs) And four years. Yeah. Four years. (laughs) Four years. Four years. Let's just go back there. Four years, you and Jeff. That is amazing. Four Mm -hmm. years. Yeah. So we were friends. You know, initially I was like, ooh, this guy, it, it seemed like he liked me too. And then, you know, then I was like, forget this. He's taking way too long. And I moved on. <laughs> it's like, we're just friends. <laughs> so then when he, when it finally became evident we weren't friends, I was in India. I went on a missions trip to India for six months. And I was in India. And, uh, like, I just kind of had this little, like, nudge. Like, Jeff's the one. And we weren't dating. We were just friends. And then it's like, Jeff's the one. And I'm like, what is this an annoying noise wow. in my head? And then it just wouldn't go away. And so I came home and he did nothing still. And I was like, well, okay. So I just wait. And so another six months after I get home, he finally was like, so I was thinking. And, and here Wow, we are. <laughs> that's a long time having yeah, to wait, eh? Is. Oh, yeah. man. Waiting seems to be a theme in my life. Uh, God says this and you're like, oh, okay, I'll wait. Yeah. But he knew. I'm sure uh, he knew for a oh, while. Oh, he knew before I knew. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He just waited. He knew before I went to India. He did. Yeah. Does he ever say why he waited? Wasn't the right time. That he That's knew. why he didn't ask me out when he we knew. first met. He liked me. He was like, I just knew it wasn't the right time. Wow. It's like, thank wow. you for being patient. I would wow. have wrecked everything. Wow. And he's like, yeah. That's amazing. That is. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's so cool. I know one of the things I have been amazed at as I've, you know, been a part of your life for the last, I mean, what, not about nine years or so. Yeah. Is I've been amazed how, and even as I kind of hear it in your story a little bit, how God seems to choose you, put, put his hand on you, pick you for things. And you're, you've got this beautiful, like humility about you that you don't necessarily, uh, like you're not one to throw yourself in and say, Hey, pick me, pick me, pick me. No. Yet God constantly (laughs) picks you for things and says, (laughs) Hey Ingrid, I want you to do this. And I think what's so beautiful, like I've been doing some studying and, 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 reflecting on spiritual gifts and just the importance of character Mm -hmm. over gifting, Mm -hmm. right? And you literally are a person who lives their life based on like being as Christ-like as you can be before, you know, the gifting walks in the room. It's when you walk in, in the room, 
Jesus walks in the room with you. It's not like you walk in the room and then all of these giftings walk in the room. Do you know, do you know what I'm, I mean, I don't know if you know what I'm saying. You're probably dying that I'm even saying this because you're like, no, 100%. I don't I'm like, can I shrink that. under It's so true though. It's but so it's, true. It's such a beautiful part, but it I is. can hear it in your story, like just, you know, the waiting or the, you know, or you, you had shared with me recently about India and how they literally just picked you to lead this missions trip yes. for and you're like they shouldn't have like I didn't know anything but it's because it's because Ingrid you literally have this character in how you walk out your life and it's so beautiful and it creates this trustworthiness that you know like God uses you God is with you and you know I I heard young Yi Cho say one time that I guess he has hundreds and hundreds, thousands of pastors because they have, you know, hundreds yeah. of thousands of people in their church. But he says, I choose the, the one that is the most humble. That's how I choose a pastor, yeah. you know, and it's, it's beautiful. Like it's beautiful and it, it's inspiring. And, um, yeah, it's just incredible to watch your life and to watch how God uses you because there, there really is such humility, but such deep character, but God literally, constantly says here Ingrid I'm gonna put you to the he front really does it's so <laughs> uncomfortable but thank you Lori. like this moment right here <laughs> every time I ask you to speak or every time I ask you to see like no and I and you're so good like you're just so oh it's so profound but absolutely and what I love Ingrid like I think we've become close especially being on staff these past three years mm-hmm. and what I have just come there's so many things we like I know you're dying because we could just talk about you all podcast, how much we love you. I can go. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, please stop. I know She's such a gem. And the more you get to know right her, I know. Sorry, the more we get okay. to know you. It. We just, just love so you. Incredible. Yeah. We're going to take a little break from the podcast with an exciting announcement. Well, our first set of dates for our conference are sold out March 6th and 7th. We've sold out, Rhonda. That is amazing. Oh, I am so excited. Amazing. But if you missed your chance to get a ticket, we're launching a second set of dates. Oh my goodness. I know. I love it. I do too. It's going to be available for Thursday, March 5th, starting at 7.30 p.m., running into Friday, March 6th from 9 to 4.30 p.m. Conference is $89 and tickets are available at heartconference.ca. Ladies, this is your chance. If you missed out on the first set of dates, grab your tickets. It's going to be life-changing. The second set of dates is actually really ideal. If you are retired, if you are a stay-at-home mom with school-aged children, by the time your kids are getting home from school, you'll be done. If you even have just lots of commitments on the weekends, or if you have the ability to take a day off work, you can have your weekend still free and get this incredible transformational women's conference experience uh, before the weekend. I love it. And I have a strong sense, Lori, that God is going to take us out of hiding to reveal how he sees us when he looks at us. Amen. Well, ready or or not, here we come. But for me, I just have been acutely aware of your prophetic gifting in prayer. And there's so many nuggets that when we are even passing in a hallway or after we come out of a prayer time where you'll just share something, 
I am riveted, like something happens in my spirit. And I just love how God is using you in your prophetic gifting through prayer because you have such a humble heart to hear from God and you just want to be obedient to God. That really is where it's coming from. You're wanting to be surrendered and your life is like, I just want to be God who you want me to be and who you are. What are you sensing in this season that God is speaking to you personally or about the church or whatever it may be? What are you sensing in this season? Um, I, I think it's funny cause I'm actually, it's sort of a quieter season right now for me, which I'm finding interesting Because even as I'm listening to people, there's lots of chatter and lots of people talking and lots of people excited about what God is doing. And I am too, but I kind of, uh, lately have been feeling this like very deep stillness, mm. which I was like, am I just disconnected? Is there something wrong with me? Cause at first I was like, am I just kind of depressed? Like what's going on? <laughs> Because everybody else is like, oh, and I'm like, uh, just here, you know, feeling okay. God's good. God's good. Yeah, exactly. And and then so I kind of leaned into that just to make sure I wasn't like way, way off somewhere. And I just felt like the Lord was like, it's okay, Ingrid. Like, it's okay that you're, you know, feeling this way. And I just, the, the word preparation just keeps kind of mm-hmm. coming to mind. And I just feel like for for myself, but but for us as a church, that we're very much still in a preparation phase that though God is doing what he's doing is great is wonderful and there's lots to come but that what he's doing right now is very uh very much preparation for what is Mm. to come and that's kind of the anchoredness like like this 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 feeling of steadfastness is almost what I feel like we need like in the like seeing sort of this steady uh the steady people coming, this steady uprooting of what's going on and, you know, uh, uprooting the things that don't belong. Sort of sometimes it can feel like, like, isn't there more? I feel like there was something more. I was so excited for something more. I feel like you were going to do something Mm -hmm. bigger, but that we need to be okay with this steady growth that we're having because we're not ready for anything more than, (laughs) we're not ready for like a huge onslaught. We're still learning. Right. And he's kind of steadily preparing us and giving us more as we're ready. And this is a good thing. We're, we're not out of line. It's, it's not a bad thing. It actually is a really good thing in that I actually, in prayer one time, I saw this picture of somebody running uh, with their coach. And I felt like the Lord was the coach. And uh, I just felt like the Lord say there is no finish line. Like the finish line is mm. when we pass away. I, I know that sounds like kind of morbid, but sometimes as we make plans or as mm. we hear a word from the Lord, we make that a finish line. Right. You know, when really so it's good. actually, it's actually goals along the way, but they're, they're not finish lines True. and we'll stop sometimes after finish line mm, or feel, true. feel like disheartened that there's more to go after the, some of those goals are met or some of those things are met. Like even going into January, I was thinking about that, you know, we make these goals and we think, oh, this is the end. And we want to sit down and we're like, wait, like there's still so much more road. And my coach is saying, keep going, but like, I want to sit down like, we're at, you know, or I thought this would be a bigger crescendo at the end of this, you know, and I just felt like a real peace in that. It can, it, it can sound disheartening, but I actually felt this peace because, so I watched these two people run, like the coach was like very much there with them and mm. setting the pace. And sometimes mm. we think we can run faster. Sometimes we think mm. we need to slow down. So good. And they were setting the pace to say like, this is the pace that right. you can handle. They, right. He knows us so well. The Lord knows us so well 
even though it might feel like it's excruciating or it might feel yeah. like we can sprint, he knows what's ahead and he knows our capacity. And right. so right. just those two things together, this, this like the, it's preparation. We're in preparation and, um, you know, God's timeline is different than our timeline. Right. And so it could be longer or shorter than we anticipate. Right. And, and that he is very much present and setting the pace mm-hmm. and, and we, we can't set any finish lines. We, we have to be ready to keep going, wow. you know, at whatever pace yeah. he says. And yes, there's rests along the way and resting in that. I think, you know, when you train, you start to realize like you actually find like a pace and a cadence that most of the time when you're doing something, it's not exhausting. It's just, totally. it's just, there'll be sprints or there'll be times where you'll hit these like hard times but most of the time it's kind of enjoyable once you find that pace you know and you push through that space and so yeah that's kind of the sense I have right now that is profound that's really good like there's three things that jumped out at me in Mm. that just in that little (laughs) just in that little exhortation but but the coach can see ahead Mm -hmm. so can see when you can go a little faster for a little bit exactly or when you need to slow down because of what is coming because Mm -hmm. you actually need to reserve your energy Mm -hmm. for maybe a harder path maybe you know an uphill climb or maybe Mm -hmm. right so i love that um i love the cadence like that rhythm the Mm -hmm. rest like Mm -hmm. being able to run at a pace where you are in a position of rest Mm -hmm. that's i think really really profound and the third one I forgot, but I'm sure I'll remember. <laughs> is the finish? The finish line? The finish like. line. Yes. Yes. Is the finish line. That's because powerful. Actually, so like just, I think a way of life, mm-hmm. at least for me, is always like, okay, I just got to get through this finish yeah, line. Me too. Now, I don't do it necessarily with goal setting, but even with things to do, tasks, right? It's like, okay, okay. As soon as I get past, okay, you know, um, I'm preaching Sunday. As soon as I get past that, oh then I'll be good. Then I'll yeah. be good. It's always these like, yeah. and they're always ahead and they're, mm-hmm. but they actually, they're not finish lines. <laughs> no, they're actually not. Yeah. But they're, but it's like, we can give ourselves this false sense of peace or yeah. something, or I don't even know. I don't even know what it is, but I think that there's something really, really powerful about like not having a finish line mindset, mm-hmm. like run the race set before you. Yeah. And it, the finish line isn't until the end. Yeah. And like, I think it so like helps really good to cut out I, I, as I was thinking about it, cause I do the same thing. It's like it relieved that sense of disappointment because every time I get to those finish lines, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm hoping for something that wasn't there. A relief. Mm-hmm. A relief. Something. And it may be, you know, sometimes, yes, there'd be a brief relief. And then as soon as I'd look up, I, I'd see how much was ahead. And I was like, oh. you know, right. and so I think it takes away that anticipation of, basically like, I don't so know what <laughs> something so more than I, I can have at that point you know something different than what I can have which actually I think goes in in a long line with you know that rest mm-hmm. as you're if you're if you're running at the pace that Christ and, and trusting that pace then you're not looking yes you set your eyes towards the finish line and that helps you keep running but you're not looking to finish any sooner than you should right because yes. you're you, you know, it, it, 
you're not look and then you're not disappointed (laughs) which I was always disappointed every time I meet a goal I'd be like oh there's so much more there's another thing (laughs) no it's so true and I think too in a season like this when God's moving there can be this this feeling like you're you're kind of up here like Mm -hmm. in like on like a high on like a oh my goodness like God is doing so much and you're kind of and you you can like there can be a drop right and I think that that steadying like that steadying is really really important in a season when God is moving there there has to come a stabilizing a steadying in the midst of it so that so that we can walk it out for the long haul Mm -hmm. do you know Mm -hmm. it's not just a blip like it's not just a high a high blip it's we've got to be able to walk this out yeah. And not burn out. And not burn out. And not burn out, but yeah. have, like you said, I love that the coach, relying on the coach to set the pace. Mm. Because even when it's a like a, like a crazy busy season, we don't have to actually be crazy busy internally. No. There is a pace that God, God knows the race is set before, like the coach knows. I just love that. I love that you shared that at one of our prayer things. Honestly, Ingrid, I've been thinking about that finish line. It's so powerful when we get that mm-hmm. and relying on the coach to set the pace and that that revelation of rest. I'd love you to talk, unpack that a little bit because I think you actually have mm-hmm. uncovered a revelation that we as a staff have kind of been unpacking alongside of you, but of rest. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share a little bit about that, of what you've kind of been experiencing in that revelation about rest? Sure. I mean, I feel like I've been in it for so long. Mm-hmm. You're like, so what's new? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, God's still telling me about rest, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like years. That's how stubborn I am. <laughs> <laughs> I joined the club. <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay, so rest again, Ingrid. Yeah. So let's oh, revisit yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. But just how I, I don't, I feel like the Lord, like, I don't even know when. It feels like forever ago, probably forever ago, uh, just kind of started pressing on me about how, we weren't to live in this kind of scrambling way that we do where we're constantly hounded and sort of to do's to do lists and yeah. uh, driven by exactly. the tasks that that our driver was not to be tasks and that actually uh you know the tools that we use and the way that we live sometimes can be very much like a slave driver you know a taskmaster behind us kind of hounding us and that actually we need to live in this space of really submitting to Christ and allowing him to then be in charge of, you know, how we live and in charge of our, our internal space, but also our external space. Not just sometimes I feel like we allow God to be in charge of internal things, you know, and the, and the like doing things right, all the, all the good things. But, but as far as our day-to-day tasks, our day-to-day living, what we buy, how we spend our time, like really stewarding our, our life, everything, um, we forget or, or think it's too petty for God or too small. Mm. And really, I, I feel like the Lord has really taught me there isn't anything too small that he doesn't want to mm. be in charge of. Wow. And so that really has, has changed, you know, walking it out is as an, as a very independent person <laughs> who likes to be in charge of myself and do things myself and make sure that, you know, I'm doing everything right. A perfectionist, it's, it's hard to hand that over and hard to trust it. But the more I do, the more internally I, I'm at peace. Mm. And and actually, the more time I have to spend with the Lord, which which then, again, turns over that my time that I'm doing things doesn't feel so frantic and overwhelming. So, Wow. Yeah. So good. I remember you shared with me one time about how, you know, did you have children? 
uh, you know, to get them to do things for you, to mm-hmm. get them to work for you, uh, you know, to see how, like to get them to work as hard as they possibly could for you. Can you can you share about a little bit when God talked to you about that? Because that I've never forgot that, and I actually have told several people that I give you credit every time. Oh, don't worry, but I don't need the credit because it's super, su- like it's super impactful. This idea about like us as God's children mm-hmm. and why we exist, why yeah. He created us, yeah. And that's huge. I think that's, that's actually probably the biggest wrestle with my, within my own brain to understand like why I'm here. And, uh, I think it is for us as humans. So, you know, I was preparing actually for the women's conference last year and, uh, again, wrestling internally still with, uh, just, you know, trying to figure out how to allow God to lead me while also getting the things I needed to do done. And I just felt like as he was leading me in, in, uh, like how to express rest, this was sort of the analogy that came to mind. And he was telling me like, Ingrid, did you, did you have kids so that they could, you know, work super hard for you and accomplish many things. And, you know, when you were, what was your motivation in having children, you know, clean your house and go have a good career and make lots of money. And like, that wasn't my motive. I don't think that's very many people's motivation in having children. Even if in the end, these are some of the things we ask of them. Really, our motivation is relationship. It's to have them with you. It's to know them and to be known by them, you know, and so, the Lord said, if, if that's our motivation in having kids, you know, how much more was it his motivation to have relationship with us and know us and to be with us and just do life together uh, when he created us? So that's beautiful. what, you know, and, and we're, if that's, if that's our heart for kids, you know, and, and we're, we're like sinful and broken, you know, and we're also a reflection, we're made in the image of God, then you know, this is so much greater, so much more. That's all he wants. As much as we have things to do and he's given us gifts to use. And yes, he has tasks for us to do. I mean, we ask our, ask our kids to help around the house. We, we, we'd yeah. be terrible parents if we didn't oh. have them still doing things and motivate them to go and, you know, make a life for themselves. Uh, you know, really, essentially, the motivation is to help them have relationships and to be healthy. And it's the same with us. It's a part of relationship doing these things. It's not our motivator in life. And that wasn't his motivation in making us, is to have us do things for him. And so I think that really has changed, you know, understanding. Because I always felt like, you know, if God asked for more time or I spent more time with him, I almost felt guilty. Like, you know, even in that, once I got past all the wrestle of anxiety and struggling and, you know, sitting in front of him quietly once I was able to do that it was like well now I feel guilty that I'm spending more time with him even though this is what I feel like he's asking me because all the tasks that I need to do and the kids I need to care for and the you know and I just I just feel like he kind of broke open that and said well you know this is what it's about even when you're doing a task it's about the relationship and if it's not then it's out of line it's out of order it's not about the relationship when you're doing these tasks then things are out of order and those tasks are too dominant they're too much in charge you know it yeah should they're be the him. they're the slave driver yeah mm-hmm. and so it shouldn't be you know I still wrestle with sometimes feeling like I have something behind me just like beating me trying to make me work faster do more you know and that's not God you know God is very relational there should be some breathing in what we're doing and you know even when it's hard so yeah that is so beautiful isn't that powerful so powerful 
That's powerful. Yeah, that is. That is a really, really powerful truth. And I I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. you're exactly right. I think sometimes, you know, in our faith walk, we can get caught up in the wanting to please God by doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like wanting to please God by doing all the things right. And we think that that's what God expects of us. We think that that's what God wants from us. And it's a burden. Yes. Like it's, it, it, it's when our, literally our relationship with God or our faith feels like a burden. I can never Absolutely. read my Bible enough, whether it's time or days in a row, I can never pray long enough or profound enough or deep enough, or I can never right. And it's all these things that we've yeah. decided, you know, and I, oh, I failed again. I've fallen mm-hmm. again now, you know, and this just this overwhelming burden of trying to please God by in all these doing places but we never ever would ask that of our own children no and no it's not how God wants us to relate to him either I think a picture that really helps me in my um, whatever spiritual disciplines or spending time with God is really early on in this in this journey of learning to rest and what rest is uh God kind of showed me this picture like so when I sit down with Jeff say at night on the couch to watch TV or read a book or whatever I'll kind of like I'll kind of turn and lean against him right and we don't necessarily say anything to each other we're not really looking for anything from each other it's just but if I don't do that I can start to feel disconnected from him you know if I don't take that time to just sit and lean against him and or like be close to him I I start to feel disconnected and kind of antsy and our relationship can kind of feel a little off and he kind of gave me that picture with him is this idea of like just come and lean against me and be with me so even because you know reading my bible and spending time with god started to feel very task oriented it it always was until he kind of gave me that picture wow and it's kind of like it's kind of like the moment i breathe at the end of the day you know when i when I spend that time with Jeff and for different people, it'd be just something different. But for me, it's like a moment to breathe. It's like everything else can kind of shut off. And that's kind of the picture God gave me is like, just, just come and be with me. Stop putting expectations on what you have to accomplish in this time or, you know, who you need to be or what you need to say or who you need to pray for. Just come and be. And that's all you need to do. And that really, like really, really changed that sort of space in my life. So, mm-hmm. That is beautiful. I think that's going to give so many people listening, Ingrid, such peace and hope and freedom. Just freedom. Like God wants to break that off, that striving and that earning and that place that they are not accepted by God unless dot, 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 Mm -hmm. that they are fully loved and God created them because he loved them and Mm -hmm. wants them (laughs) to know him and love him and him love them, uh, him to love us. I think that is such a, I'm like actually just sitting in that, listening to you talk about that. That's a beautiful, beautiful picture mm-hmm. and the exact representation of God's heart. I love that. Yeah. 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 That's really, really good. Ingrid, do you have a life scripture? I do. It's a hilarious one because I've had it since I was really young and <laughs> obviously God's still working it out. So uh, the one that says, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. <laughs> Run and knock. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a interesting. That's amazing. That's yeah. your life Since scripture. I was like wow. a teenager. Yeah. And so it's 
literally keeps coming up. And even this year, as I went into this year, I kind of said, Lord, like what scripture? And that I was like, that one? Again? Again? Like, <laughs> are you sure my brain's not just choosing this one because it's easy? And I just felt like, yeah. Wow. Okay. So how did you, how did you get, like, where did it come? Like, don't know. you don't even know. Okay. It just literally started. Was there a circumstance somebody, that it triggered I or? I actually can't remember, but it's been given to me by several people along the way. Wow. Even once okay. I sort of had okay. like kind of attached, I don't know that I would have called it my life scripture when I was younger. I just kind of attached to it as sort of like a, oh, I really like this one. And and then it just was one that people kind of kept giving to yeah. me, like, you know what? I kind of have a word for you, or I got the scripture and I was thinking of you. It's one that the Lord has brought me back to often to remind me of how to run the race, that it's not about it's not about striving, that it's about allowing him to come under and lift lift you up. And actually, I was out I was out at um, OVPC, the youth at the camp. And I was sitting there and I was watching, uh, I was sitting on a deck and I was you're looking over the lake and across the lake, there's sort of all these trees and a bit of like an island. I, I think it's an island anyway, with cliffs and stuff. And then there was some bird of prey kind okay. of soaring above it all. And he started speaking to me about how like, he's like that bird, if it was walking on the ground, has no perspective. It has, it can't see where its prey is. It can't. It, and it has to work really hard to get to anything that it needs to get to. Right. Whereas this one that's up there just soaring, hardly flapping its wings, just soaring. It has such an ability to see like so much bigger of a perspective. Right. And, yeah, and so huge. he said like when you, when you rest in me and when you wait on me and when you let me come underneath you and lift you up above the circumstances and above what's going on and above everything, you can see such a different perspective I give you a perspective that you cannot see down in the ground when you're in it and so I think wow. that our time with the Lord and our sitting with the Lord and our allowing him to lead us through our days and our lives gives us such a different perspective because he then lifts us up above what we're in you know what we're struggling through or wrestling with what we're, the decisions we're making even if it's like do I buy this or don't I you yeah know, like mm-hmm. he can he can lift you above it and say it's not about the moment. It's about the bigger picture. Yeah. And so it was just really fascinating as he unpacks this verse like year after year for me. So yeah, it's huge. Oh, I love, I love that he always gives us a verse though, too, that he knows that we're going to need for our whole life. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) Like the other day I was reading through some old journal entries and I came across one from the summer, Mm -hmm. uh, from like six months ago. And, um, it, I listed my my life scripture too, better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. And literally my journal entry was repenting for, you know, again, not recognizing that, like not, not being in the present, right? Like always yeah. being future focused, forward thinking, you know, stuck there or wanting to be somewhere I'm not, right? And mm-hmm. just... I wrote outright in my journal, oh, Lord, thank you for giving me this life scripture. You know, thank (laughs) you that it is better. You know, I know it's better. Mm -hmm. One day in your presence, one day with you is better than any other plan, any other, you know, and I, so I can so identify with that sense of like, wow, like you would think that I would get this by now. Right. But obviously this is something that, you know, God needs to continually remind me of. Mm -hmm that there's no other place. 
there's no other place that I could possibly get what I'm looking for other than in his presence and with him. And that's the best. That is my better. I love, I actually love the word better because I'm kind of always looking for something better. I mean, not, not actually, but in a way, you know, there's this sense kind of within me of like, Ooh, Ooh, like always getting excited about the next better thing. But literally God has given me the best better that there ever could be. And you know, it's, yeah. So I totally get that. Oh, that is so neat. I know it's in my scripture. The one says, um, the Lord is the sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. <laughs> I mean, every single word, it feels like some has got a pinpoint on a word, eh? Right. And I think of even in my life, no good thing will he withhold mm-hmm. and how I have struggled with discontentment. <laughs> And someone's like, God, are you withholding from me? Is there like something like they're getting that? What is happening here? And God's like, would you be content? No good thing. Good thing for you. That would be a bad thing for you in this season right right now. No good thing for you. Well, I like, well, I'm putting that word for you, but no good thing. But it's amazing in our scriptures, how we keep coming back and God just pulls out, but I'm just loving you about running the race, waiting. All the things you've shared today have really been deep deposits and revelations that it just shows that we need the body of Christ. We need we one another. Mm-hmm. What God is speaking to us, what God is revealing in our own journeys, in our own situations, in our own personalities and experiences, his faithfulness and his word. Yeah. that we can bring that to one another. And I'm telling you, Ingrid, like I just want to say publicly on the podcast, thank you for the moments that you step out and just share those nuggets of truth that you may not always want to share, you know, and putting yourself out there boldly. There is a boldness in you too. As much as we talk about your humility and your gentleness and you, there is a boldness in you, mm-hmm. in God, mm-hmm. that I have seen so many times that is so amazing to watch you rise and soar as a bold eagle to step out and to say those words of truth Mm -hmm. and uh, the revelation that God's speaking into your life because we need that. We need that from one another. And I just know even today, I've had these awakening moments. We talk about, that's why we called it awakening moments because even sharing this, that's why we put this together because how many times we have these type of conversations in a hallway spontaneously it's not planned no and so that's what's so beautiful even in this podcast it's a conversation for us to have that together as a body of christ and for women i know some men listen but a lot of women listening to say we're in this together Mm -hmm. and uh so thanks for sharing with Mm -hmm. that with Mm -hmm. us today it's really good it's beautiful ingrid how would you encourage somebody who maybe senses that you know they they kind of hear things from god maybe they're Mm -hmm. they're wrestling with their own gifting um, you know, in the prophetic, how, how would you encourage somebody to start to practice that, to start to step out in what they're mm-hmm. sensing or feeling? How, how might you encourage someone who's starting on that journey or, or kind of working that out? I think um, finding one or two, you know, people that you know will give you good feedback, you know, um, and uh, that you can share even if you're nervous, you can share some of the things you're feeling um, is good. It's it's helpful. Uh, somebody who can, you can kind of say like, am I way off here? Does this sound crazy? You know, I know um, I, I probably had like a few people that I would be like, so I'm kind of thinking this, like, does this sound crazy? And they would, they would say, you know, they would kind of give me some feedback. I think too, like really spending time with the Lord um, and making sure that you're anchoring yourself in that time. Um, and, and 
it, it is a it's a practice so it you know like just running up to people and uh telling telling them i think god says this you know you have to be very cautious and that's something that actually held me back is is like i was afraid of damaging or hurting somebody's relationship right. with god because i've seen it done i've seen it happen yeah. so it is something definitely to <laughs> cautiously walk out yeah. making sure you have somebody mature in their in their walk who isn't uh who isn't going to lead you down the path of like just you know say things and do like that you, that you know is going to give you some good boundaries uh, look into the word of god you know really be fam- start to be familiar with what the word of god says because if the lord's saying things to you that don't line up with the word of god obviously that's not it's not from him it's not from him so get to know that and, and start writing some of the things that the Lord's saying. I think one of the things that actually really taught me is uh, initially I started writing things out. And then I'd be like, a couple of years later, sometimes I'd be like, I I remember like having a sense of this, this particular happened. thing. Okay. And, you know, wording that other people would use that would be exactly like, okay. you know, or really line up with or be very cohesive with what I was already, you know, sensing or feeling. So writing down, even though... I say that, but I'm horrible at it. But, <laughs> you know, writing it down definitely helps you go, not go like, was I just, do I, do I remember this wrong? Do I remember this? So writing some of that stuff down and just be listening to the people around mm-hmm. you that mm-hmm. are also talking about what they feel like the Lord is doing and saying, you know, because it, it can help you learn, like, if you're actually sensing something from God. But it can be like two years. Right. There were right. a lot of things that I was yeah. like. I would sense, and then two years later, I'd hear yeah. maybe somebody talking about it or yeah. saying the same kinds of things. Yeah. So yeah. it's not God's timeline is not usually instant. Right. <laughs> usually so some patience. So some patience even yes, in it too, a lot right? Of patience, mm. but like starting to spend time just sitting and listening. Yeah. That really shifted, you know, because I'd have senses all the time. I'd kind of get these like little jumps in my spirit, or like a like, huh? or like a nudge, a or a yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. pull, or a or a word would stand out, or okay. particular person might stand out in a crowd and I'd be like weird or I'd, I'd know there was something to it but not really know what to do with it and I think it was when I started just sitting and being with God like that that relational side of it that I really started to see sort of some of that side unfold clarity like he'd lead me to scriptures and it, it just started to sort of open up so all those things sort of combined. I know that's a lot of things you said. No, one no, thing, but no, no. I, I don't those know are that really there's helpful. like one. No, those are helpful. Thing because if you go to one thing, it, it kind of can lead you astray. No, no, so those are really good. Yeah, that's sort of my journey was all those things put yeah. put together. Yeah, that's really good. I think mm. that's super, super helpful. Yeah, excellent advice. Excellent. Really good. Well, thank you. Thanks so much <gasps> for, uh, for being with me. us today. That was an amazing conversation. It I know was. I'm going to be thinking and chewing on a lot of that for, for some time to come and so appreciate mm-hmm. just your heart and just what God is saying. And thank you for sharing that with us and with anybody who's going to be listening. And, you know, we want you to know too, that even as Ingrid shares what she's sensing God doing, like you can grab hold of those pieces mm-hmm. of what, mm-hmm. you know, you sense for your own life. If yeah. there's parts of that, that just fit with what God's speaking to you about, grab hold of that and just let that be a part of what God is doing and speaking in your life and and as he's unfolding what he's doing in your life. But as we go today, I just want to remind you that God has complete confidence in you and that you are crowned as a daughter of the King. Have a wonderful day. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast, and you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. We'd love to connect with you.